Hi, this is Bernie Dake. Welcome to the Salvation Army's Words of Life. Welcome back to the Salvation Army's Words of Life. I'm joined in the studio again today by my co-host, Cheryl Gillum. Hey, Bernie. How are you today? I'm doing great. All right. Yep. Last week, we had a special guest with us, mm -hmm. former Words of Life co-host, Sheila Lanier. She joined Susie to share her incredible story as a fellow, as Susie calls them, Barefoot Cinderella. If you missed that episode, be sure to check it out. And as we continue to follow along with Susie's book, we are now in chapter three, and this is such a powerful and heartbreaking chapter about growing up in a household with addiction. This week, Susie's joined by another friend of the show, Lori Miller. This episode is certainly another survival story as we hear from women who have found more strength than they could have ever imagined in God. Now, like Sheila, Lori is a former co-host of this show. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, we get to work with Lori here in Atlanta. She mm -hmm. uh, helps the Salvation Army with uh, programs that are coming out of our social services department. But one of the great stories I love to tell is Lori is the mother of five children. Mm. And she calls them two sets and a spare because <laughs> two of the sets of her children are twins. Yeah. That's an, an incredible story. But she's also a widow. Her husband, Keith, died years ago, and that's part of her journey. So I'm excited for our listeners to hear mm -hmm. some of that. Looking forward for her to share her own story yeah. uh, and loss in that way. We hope you're being blessed by these series. If you've missed any episodes or to find out more about the book, visit SalvationArmySoundcast.org slash Words of Life. Hello, I'm Major Susie Erickson with the Salvation Army, and I am in the studio today with Major Lori Miller. And uh, welcome, Lori. Thank it's you. a joy to have you here. Uh, we um, love any opportunity that we can get together and just talk. Yeah. And um, so I've, I've been so excited about this day and having a chance to just sit down and, and hear your heart and hear your story and your journey um, and your journey really started out as just pretty uh, ordinary, right? Yeah, I just it's one of those ordinary, normal little girl kind of charmed in a way. Not really. It wasn't perfect. I don't want to say that because nothing is perfect, but it was pretty good. Um, I had parents who were in ministry who loved the Lord. We moved around. Um, they loved me. And um, there was very little about my childhood that I would um, change. And I'm sure that you took some of those little girl dreams and what you saw in your parents oh, yeah. into your own ideas of what marriage would be. So tell me about uh, meeting the love of your life. So I met Keith actually in a Salvation Army church. I was about, I think it was about 23, and I was working at a hospital, and I had moved to Augusta, Georgia, and I didn't know anybody. So I thought, okay, well, where do you go? 
when you don't know anybody in a town, you go to church and you go to the army, and surely um, in that setting, you'll know somebody. And if you don't, they will um, accept you and love you and welcome you in. And so that's what I did. And so I actually first met Keith's sister. He has a twin sister. Her name is Amy. And Amy and I became friends. Um, and so through Amy, I was introduced to Keith at uh, the Salvation Army Church there in Augusta, Georgia. So was it love at first sight? No. No? Um, Keith, <laughs> one thing about Keith is we are very different, which is really funny. Um, Keith is very kind of laid back and sort of go with the flow and funny and charming. And I was a little more serious and quiet and sort of cerebral and um, those sorts of things. So it took a little while. Um, but slowly but surely it came around. And I was actually what found that I was actually drawn to those things that were so different um, than myself. And so just over time, we just started talking and to hearing his story and um, listening to, he had been through a lot at that point that I had been unaware of any of that. And so sort of connecting in that way, we connected over our sort of shared history with the army. His parents were officers and my parents were Salvation Army officers. And so we had similar experiences in that way. Um, but there were a lot of other things that were very different that I was sort of attracted and drawn to. But Keith was very charming um, and adorable. And all of those things that at 23, you're just like, oh, there you go. That's exactly um, what I need in my life. And so that was sort of our introduction. Yeah. And then you um, you fall in love, mm -hmm. you marry, and then life really starts to happen, right? Right. And so... We fell in love, we got married, and something, there were underlying things even at the beginning because uh, I wasn't fully aware of Keith's history and the things that he, I was aware that he had been through some things as a teenager, but I wasn't completely aware of the extent. And so as we, as we got married and started our lives together, we started to realize the impact of, of actually Keith's adolescence and what had happened in his adolescence. And what that was, was um, Keith was heavy into drugs um, throughout his adolescence. He started at about 15, using heavily. And so 10 years of his life, really from about 15 to, to 25 even, maybe a little younger than that, had been marked by addiction and drug abuse in this really dark world that I, as a little girl and an adolescent, had not really... Um, experienced myself, and God had done amazing things in Keith's life. Um, he he never went back to using in that way. Um, his life was never again, once he was redeemed, marked by use. But what it was marked by is the trauma of addiction. Right. And so there was a strange dynamic there, even from the beginning, but we loved one another, and so we sort of walked through those challenges um, pretty easily when it was just he and I. And then <laughs> we became Salvation Army officers. We very quickly brought um, five young children into our lives. We had five children in four years, um, and that will put a strain on even the healthiest people and um, the healthiest relationship. And so it was very difficult. I would say that as soon as those children came in, 
that love story started to shift a little bit. The love never went away, but the pressures of officership and, and having a church and having five young children and all of those pressures began to really um, take hold in our relationship. So tell me about that moment uh, when the clock stroked midnight. Mm. Um, there were little signs along the way, so I don't want to say it was sudden, um, but there was a moment where we could not keep up going the way we were going. Um, it was not the right thing to do. We were ministers. We were um, we were pastoring a church. We had young children, and so. Um, that midnight stroke of midnight to me was when he left. And um, it wasn't necessarily his choice. It was something that had, had been forced upon us, but it needed to happen. And so I just remember, for me, it was that minute where the garage door opened and I could just hear it. And then I turned around and saw these five little people. And I thought, oh, great. What now? And my kids were four, uh, seven and eight. Four, four, seven, seven, eight, and eight, and they were very young. Two sets of twins, right? Yeah, two sets of twins, and it was just that was the moment I just realized, I guess, when he left, not only the grief of losing him um, in that way, but also then to turn around and to look at, wow, my life is not going to look like my parents, or or like the rest of the world, or like I thought that right. the story should be. My life was going to look different. I was going to be a single mother. Um, what did that look like in the world? I didn't know. It definitely didn't look like what I had imagined at that point. Right. So what would you tell someone who is walking the journey right now that you walked? Yeah. What I would say to anybody facing the same thing is, I promise you, it'll be okay. It may not look like you had imagined. Um, you have to change your perspective you have to broaden your view and you have to really give it up to God and allow him to take every broken piece of that experience and to use it. And the way he doesn't isn't always to make everything okay. Um, things are hard and that's okay. But what he's going to do with that hard is to use that hard to help someone else. Right. Because that's someone's right. going to benefit from your story and your pain and your experience. And that's what that's what redemption is about. So that's how he redeems the hard in your story. And you really truly have um, survived some very difficult days. Yeah. And through those journeys, you do learn that all things are possible with God. Absolutely. And I am a far stronger person having had to experience a lot of those things. And it, it has not been easy. I, I don't want to give that sort of thought out there. Everything has been very difficult from that point on. Life hasn't necessarily gotten easier. I've gotten stronger. And I've learned that every single thing that's ever happened to me in my life just fills me with this empathy um, and this understanding and this connection, a way I can connect with people um, that had I not experienced those things, it may not have been the same thing. So I can sit across the table with um, a woman who's been through some of the same things I have and connect in, in a much deeper and different way than I ever would have been able to had these things not happened. Yeah. I want to share another uh, line with you from uh, Barefoot Cinderella's because I really uh, do, as we listen to your story and I think about my story, 
um, I really have come to the conclusion that our beauty was birthed by the scars. Mm -hmm. This unique blend of scarring sets us apart as Barefoot Cinderella's. And that unique scarring is where we have this ability to pour in to the lives of other people. I think um, as a result of all this, I'm, I'm so less drawn to perfection than I am to authenticity and um, um, genuine, real people. And so um, every scar that I have, I have had to learn not to cover because it's those scars that attract people to me. And I am being my whole real genuine self when I allow people to see those imperfections, as difficult as it may be, as uncomfortable as it may be, as perfect as I wish I could be. Um, The fact of the matter is God uses those scars far more than he would ever use my perfection. The Salvation Army's mission, Doing the Most Good, means helping people with material and spiritual needs. You become a part of this mission every time you give to the Salvation Army. Visit SalvationArmyUSA.org to offer your support, and we'd love to hear from you. Email us at radio at uss.salvationarmy.org. Call 1-800-229-9965 or write us at P.O. Box 29972, Atlanta, Georgia, 30359. Tell us how we can help. Share prayer requests or share your testimony. We would love to use your story on the air. You can also subscribe to our show on iTunes or your favorite podcast store, and be sure to give us a rating. Just search for The Salvation Army's Words of Life. Follow us on social media for the latest episodes, extended interviews, and more. And if you don't have a church home, we invite you to visit your local Salvation Army Worship Center. They'll be glad to see you. This is Bernie Dake inviting you to join us next time for the Salvation Army's Words of Life.